0: Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student led comprehensive health care. Visit mwuclinics.com to schedule an appointment.
1: All right, final hour of the show here on this Tuesday afternoon, leading into Suns Clippers game two, Footprint Center tonight. Wolf dancing to this music. What better time? This
2: is kind of weird. There's a siren
1: going off in the newsroom behind you, too. It's like we turn into the world's weirdest club. Um, so we've got uh, we got Suns Clippers game two. So we figured, what better better time, Wolf, than to do a Suns three pointer? Of course. The uh, the X factors, the three potential X factors for the Suns yeah. tonight. Okay? I like it. Ready? Yep. Here we go. Wemo Seven Booker and one. You first. All right, I'll go first. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier. In fact, this might have been your answer yesterday when we started to have a conversation like this and then the show ended. But I'm going to go with Josh Akogi because if, if, if he plays seven minutes, he can't really be a factor. Now, we're in this weird spot with Josh Akogi where I want to see him play closer to like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes where he can make an impact. But that sentence, I will grant you, probably sounded crazy at the start of the year. Hey, we're in the playoffs. I need to see more Josh Okogie, right? So he's got to make the most of the time they give him, and they probably got to give him a little more time. But I don't know if Monty trusts that matchup in this this series against the Clippers. So to me, that that's certainly one of the biggest X factors, and I might be okay. the biggest, actually.
2: Yeah, no, that's a big one. Um... Right, I have to go with no, this. No, you're and doing this it. is, no, it doesn't. Is it who I think it is? My, <laughs> my first point of Suns three-pointer has got to be, book goes off. Okay, now, now, I, I get it, it's not much of an X-Factor, what are you talking, book goes off in a legendary kind of way. In terms of scoring the ball, book wasn't bad in game one, but he wasn't legendary. Tonight I think ladies and gentlemen we're going to see something that is flat out scary legendary from Devin Booker. I think the Clippers will focus much of their attention on KD tonight. They certainly won't ignore Book, but I think the the Clippers believe that KD is the tone setter for this team. The Suns struggled in the first quarter because KD struggled in the first quarter, and that struggle filled the Clippers with an awful lot of confidence, in my opinion. I think they're going to try to do it again, and Book will show them why. That was a bad plan. The X Factor tonight is we see legend from Devin Booker tonight, and that's my first point of Suns 3-Pointer.
3: 14-footer is two points.
1: Dynamite. All right. I mean, I don't know that we can do a three-pointer of X-Factor's without having the human X-Factor in there. You never totally know what you're going to get out of this guy, but he does have the potential to swing a game one way or the other. So I have to go with DeAndre Ayton, X-Factor personified. Um, And it could be in a good way. It absolutely could be in a good way. If Diego's out there and controls the glass, and I know half the Suns fan base just screamed at their radio right now, but if he does go out there and do that, and he doesn't allow five other players on the floor to have more rebounds than him, or ten players to have more offensive rebounds than him, um, that that's going to swing things in a big way for the Suns.
2: And, and if he doesn't, well, you know what that's going to do to the Suns. <laughs> hold on to your butt everybody okay gather on the transistor and press the air my second point of Suns three-pointer has got to be the referees yeah oh, Scott. this is going to be even more physical than sunday's game and how the refs call this game will determine just how physical this game gets the sons have had their running shall we say with officiating over the course of this season i think we are we all know that, and unfortunately for Chris Paul, Scott Foster is the crew chief tonight. <laughs> Who yeah. has the sick Scott sense of humor?
1: It was like, oh, the uh, yeah, give, uh, give him Scott Foster. Just
2: this him game, basin audience, has the smell of blood and guts—a real slugfest in a saloon. And how the referees officiate this game could very well determine if the series is tied up or the Suns are down 0-2. And that's my second point of Suns three-pointer.
3: Three-pointers, just That's just showing off from the team, right? (laughs)
1: All right, the Suns are going to have to, ironically, we're doing Suns three-pointer, probably take more three-pointers tonight. Would they attempt 19 in the first game? Monty Williams was like, yeah, it's probably not going to work. It's, it is 2023. Um, the question, though, is who off the bench can give them more in that category? Who's going to get more playing time? Campaign is still questionable. Is he a factor in this game? Do you go to somebody that didn't even play in the last game, like Damian Lee or TJ Warren? Does Terrence Ross get more than four minutes? That all adds up to Monty Williams being uh, the third X-Factor for me, Wolf. He's wow, He's got a lot good. on the line tonight, and he's going up against a real tough coach. <laughs> and the pressure now is on Monty because they lost the first game to make the right adjustments and make them quickly. Ooh,
2: that's a good one right there. It really is, but I'm sorry. I've got to go with it. My third point <laughs> of Suns you know three-pointer. It. No, it's not what you oh, think. Oh, it's not. Josh Okogie. Yeah, Josh Akogi, Luke ripped me off and took Josh Akogi. It was
1: your idea first, actually. Look
2: at, uh, tonight's game is going to be even more physical than Sunday's game, and Josh Akogi is a guy that he embraces that physicality. He loves it. The dude invites your best whenever he competes and will give you more than you expect he's capable of. And that's the problem. The problem of Josh Okogie. You never know what you're going to get with Josh. Sometimes, based on it, it's really, really good. And sometimes it's out of control. Questionable what he does. Either way, Josh Okogi is going to be the X Factor, I believe, tonight for the Phoenix Suns. And that's my third point of Suns three pointer. See the shots that I took? I'm
1: I'm like, I'm ready for this game. I might get there five hours early. I might just go straight there from here. Or not. No, probably not five hours. Seems a little excessive. Maybe it does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I might I get mean, there a couple hours. four out. hours, maybe. Yeah, four hours is reasonable. Yeah. Five is just ridiculous. Number of the world, of course, but five.
2: I might just go drive around
1: traffic for a little bit. The most
2: crooked number in the history of mankind, five.
1: See the sights of uh, of sitting in uh, in traffic on the 202 for a little bit. Now, <laughs> now, it's, now I've seen enough. I'm going to go watch the Suns playoff game. Uh, we both had a Kogi in there. How about that, huh?
2: I know watch him play seven minutes game tonight. <laughs> can you imagine he' he's got to we we got to see Josh Kogi more than seven minutes much more I'm going 20. Josh Koge over yeah.
1: under over under 20. yeah I'm You're going, going 20. Okay. um I'm going to go under on 20, but I, I still think he plays a role maybe like
2: 14. 15? I think Tori's minutes come down. I'm just guessing yeah, Wow, well, okay
1: uh, speaking of Tory. Who should the Suns put on Kawhi tonight to prevent a uh, repeat of Game One, where he dropped 38 on the Suns? We'll get Mm -hmm. into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now
2: so cool if you could sit out in your garage and just riff that out, couldn't it? Can you imagine being able to do that? Just blow your mind.
1: If you could do that, I and mean, you just plug yeah. it into the amp, right? And you just go. Oh, that would 4 just be
2: right there. Neighbors <laughs> shaking their fists at you. But they can't be mad at you if it's
1: if if it's art, right? Like if you're so good at it that you can just sit there. Like if you're out there, like bang, it sounds like the first day of band practice yeah. or something. Then right. obviously they can be upset. Yeah. But if you're out there just like playing. Hendrix or something, what are they going to be like? You're too good over there. Quiet down. Yeah, I think so. Probably, yeah. they, they I was,
2: probably would be outraged. Just hoping you would try. Three o'clock in the morning. Stop it. Well, three. That's ridiculous. I was saying four. I mean, who does that?
1: I'd... People in Beijing. <laughs> Do they? They're all just playing Papa Roach on their guitars in Beijing. I don't think so. Tommy Red Joe. All right, 38 points for Kawhi Leonard on, uh, on, on Sunday, and it gets sort of lost in the shuffle because yeah. you just sort of expect Kawhi to do whatever Kawhi needs to do to beat you, and unfortunately that's what happened on Sunday. Um, I'm sure it's not lost in the shuffle for the Suns. They are looking for a way to, <laughs> to cut into that number significantly. It was a lot of Tory Craig on Kawhi in Game 1 there were times where it was Kevin Durant we had Brian Windhorst on earlier today we talked to him about a story he put out on ESPN this morning Windhorst is here for the uh, for the game tonight he talked about how this this Kawhi KD matchup is one that that NBA fans have been waiting for for years and years mm-hmm. and years. And he said a few times in the interview, I get that you guys probably don't care about it in Phoenix because you just want the win. But nationally, this is a great this is a great matchup that a lot of people have been waiting for. Uh, Monty Williams yesterday was talked about the, the Kevin Durant matchup with Kawhi when they do go one-on-one and how KD wants it.
3: I think both teams are trying to do the same thing. Uh, you want to save their energy, but you also want... You don't want to get in the way of
2: greatness. He knows he can come to me and say, Coach, I got him, and I'll run with him. Ooh, you know what? I love that right there. He can come to me and say, Coach, I got him. (sighs) I wonder how often that happens. I really do.
1: I think it probably happens more late in a close game in a big possession. Right? Right. We we set this up in the pre-show meeting of okay we're gonna we're gonna talk about how they should stop Kawhi right and obviously if if we had that answer then we should send it over to the Suns and then the Suns could choose to disperse it to the rest of the league if they wanted because yeah, nobody nice. knows how
2: to yeah, yeah right uh, but it, hey so we, Luke Lipinski said yeah, this is what you ought to do this radio host <laughs> this guy was hitting now, and he nailed it perfectly <laughs>
1: just ruined the sport um, but I am gonna say this if we're trying to pick one. My answer would be KD in the big moments. How's that? (laughs) My only hesitation to KD, I'm I'm not worried about his energy like Monty said right there. KD's fine. He's, He's good to go, right? It's the, if you're covering Kawhi, you're probably picking up some fouls over the course of the game. So that's why I'm not just putting KD on Kawhi the whole game. But in the big moments, yeah,
2: Kawhi's got to deal with KD. No, I'm with you on that one right there. In the big moments, that's what it's got to be. But, you know, for me, I'm more worried about KD and his build In in the way that he's built, I should say. And, um, you know, Kawhi in the way he's built. (laughs) Those two things. I'm a little worried on that. Now, I know Kawhi Leonard has been injury prone from time to time as well. I know, especially over the last couple of years, as we all know, how serious it's been for him. But... You know, for me, once again, he's he's bigger. He, he's he's built like a football player. Yeah, I don't remember him always being built like that, but over the last
1: couple of years, but not he's, not in like a way where he's slowed down. He just has, I know yeah.
2: he's just he's put on some weight, and it looks like good weight. And you know, KD, I just don't know how how much of a steady diet you want KD on Kawhi Leonard in regard to that build and breaking down. I, well, so who's your it's guy? It's a
1: long series. Because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like
0: they I, I like a Kogi. I think Tory Craig.
2: Okay. I think Tory Craig. I also, too, I wonder about Ish Wainwright. You know, I I mean, why not get give him an opportunity to bang away a little bit on Kawhi? I would like to see that as well. He's he's such a weird matchup, not ish, but just Kawhi.
1: And then I'm thinking back to the last game, and there was definitely a couple times where it sure felt like he traveled, although there was a time DA scored where it felt like he traveled too. So apparently traveling was just kind of out the door in game one. But Kawhi, just he's he's such a unique player in the league. Um, I think probably you're sort of dancing around the answer. It's going to be multiple players. I like the idea of having guys on him where you don't care as much if they foul out, with all due respect <laughs> to some of those guys that you just right. named. But I also don't know if, they, if they're if they going to be able to to be effective against him the way I think KD could be. But again, my answer of KD is not, yeah, put KD on Kawhi and, and let him go. It's if the game's on the line, if there's a big possession late in the first half or whatever.
2: Key moments, I'm not messing around. I'll just put KD on him. You know, for me, Basin means of course, I defense wins so much of the time in the playoffs. It does. I think that. I believe that. You watch it. After watching Sacramento, too, and the way the Kings were playing the Warriors' defense, and you don't think immediately when you think of Sacramento, the Kings, oh, what a lockdown defense they have, but to me, um, that's that's a big reason why they're up 2-0 in that series. Defense. Defense and De'Aaron Fox and De'Aaron Fox, the, the two, the D's combination of those those two right there. But honestly, and because of that, it's like I would like to see Ish Wainwright challenged in regard to getting up on Kawhi. Hack him, seriously. Get up on him. Um, be physical with him the way other teams are physical with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Be physical with him. Get up on them. And, oh, by the way, if you are going to foul them, get your money's worth.
1: Well, here's a lot of Torrey Craig talking about some of what you're saying. Since he was your pick, right? Torrey Craig's your pick for who you would put on him. Okay. Here's Torrey Craig talking about playing physical with the fouls.
3: It's kind of tough because I pick up my fourth and fifth foul, so I can't be <laughs> as physical as you want. Yeah. So you kind of have to wing it when it gets, cause it gets tricky. You don't want to get yourself eliminated from the game by trying to be too physical but you also don't want to and have an easy catching shot so it's a it's a little gray area there so i just got to do a better job with not picking up early fouls and stand out of foul trouble
1: they also just talked about the prospect of guarding kawaii looking back on he
3: just made like a lot of tough shots a lot of tough shots got away with a couple of travels but um now nah, he's a great player man. Yeah. This context to him is, is is not good enough. Just like our guys that We have just elite shot making. Um, I think with him we just have to limit his catches. Make it tough. Before make, make other guys try to make plays. That's what's tough. The tough shots. He makes those though.
1: You know? <laughs> it's not that's like, well, right. oh, you know, Quiet a couple tough shots on Sunday. I guess that's going to even out.
2: No, he'll, that's yeah, what he does. I know. Again, I, I Tory Craig would be a guy and I think we're gonna see that and we have seen that. But also Ish Wainwright, I uh, would like to see him on Kawhi just a little bit more getting his pound of flesh. If you know what I mean. Uh, one
1: more
3: from Torrey Craig talking about trying to figure out Kawhi. I mean, everybody knows what he's capable of defensively, his size, his strength, long arms, um, his, his, uh, his defensive instincts. He's a he's a great two way player in this game, but um. We, we, we can figure it out. It's not, it's not impossible. You know, what I'm saying like he's a great player, but he's also he also beat him plenty of times in the past as well. So
1: I, I don't Ooh. know that you can figure it out, Ooh. but but if you do, that's a win. Yeah. I mean, what, what's the number? If Kawhi puts Shh. up 24 tonight, that's a win.
2: Tori, <laughs> there's no reason. There's no reason to jab the tiger when the tiger is sleeping. Even though he wasn't swinging, yeah, was <laughs> he puts up thirty-eight so on what you. What are you saying? You're just saying, "Guy, do try anything." That's more like the this tiger's point running time. loose in the house. Just jab
1: him with whatever you can just find. We're
2: going to try anything now. That's what Tory Craig just said. He's stepping up to the microphone, saying, "Excuse me, is this thing on? Is Kawhi in the room? We're going to go out there and we're going to jab him right in the ribs. That's what we're going to do."
1: He did say we can figure him out, didn't he?
2: Yeah, he said that. I, I love that, man. Just take a different approach. The dude scored 38. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, the first approach didn't totally work. Uh, All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. (laughs) What do you expect from the Suns in a suddenly very pivotal game two tonight? We're going to ask their broadcaster. John Bloom joins us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports,
0: the local sports leader. Bloomer. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. Oh yeah,
1: Wolf, you and I could talk Suns Clippers. Or we could hit this button on this phone over here and talk to John Bloom about Suns Clippers. John Bloom joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Bloomer, what's up?
4: Luke, Wolf, good to be with you on another game day and, uh, hoping for a, uh, a vastly different result uh, tonight yeah. in game two.
2: Yeah, speaking of that right there, Johnny, I'm going to ask you this right now. Do you hear anything about Josh and Kogi getting more minutes tonight? Do you hear anything at all about that?
4: <laughs> no, they won't let me in on those uh, conversations <laughs> slash meetings uh, pregame yet, Wolf. And I say yet yeah, because maybe at some point I'll earn their trust. But no, at this point, I, I think the right people are making those decisions. Uh, I am curious to see how it plays out, though, because we were all curious uh, going into game one to see who's going to be the first off the bench, who's going to have the most time off the bench, uh, who's going to make the biggest impact, all those things. And uh, you know, I think there were some surprises all around uh, with regards to the answers of those
1: questions. Uh, Bloomer, as sort of along those lines, when you look at the bench and the fact that they played six guys, and you know, whenever campaign comes back, I figure he's probably some uh, some level of an option for them. TJ Warren, Damian Lee. Um, who, who in your mind would be if you were putting together this rotation? Is is one or two guys on that bench that either played l- at last game or didn't that you'd like to see get more minutes?
4: I've always felt, Luke, and we've had this conversation before, that uh, Cameron Payne has the the opportunity to be the biggest impact player in that group. Uh, He wasn't available in Game 1. I'm not sure what his status is yet other than the questionable that you guys read as well uh, that we see on paper from the Sun. So we'll find out when we get to the gym probably in a few hours and see whether or not he is an option for Monty Williams and his staff because I'm sure they would prefer that to be the case. He just makes a difference as we talk about So much with regards to the pace. uh, And we saw that they they got a little sluggish during stretches of that game one and uh, started out that way too. I don't anticipate them having that sluggish start again tonight. They have to, they have to avoid that. They've got to, you know, captivate that crowd that is ready to take the roof off that joint. And I know you guys are both going to be in the building tonight. So you'll be part of that. And uh, look, I think it's, it's there for the taking. They just need to bring it uh, and play their style of basketball. I don't think there's any panicking going on right now, but uh, you certainly don't want to see that slow start that you saw in game one. No,
2: I'm totally with you on that one right there, Johnny. Who do you think in particular will step up tonight for the Phoenix Suns? Is there one guy that you just have a, a thought that he's going to step up and perform tonight? Who is that guy? <laughs> Well, it's hard to, um, you know, say
4: that Devin Booker didn't step up and play uh, because I felt like he did have an excellent game, did some things defensively that we don't see him normally do. And I feel like if he continues to keep up his intensity on that side, it's going to lead to more buckets on the other side. I also feel like they're going to initiate the offense, if they are close down the stretch, a lot more through Book and Kevin Durant. You didn't see them get the looks yeah. that they, you know, probably should have gotten in a close game down the stretch. So I, I expect that to be an adjustment or at least an effort to make that adjustment. Now, the Clippers are no joke. They, they play tough defense. They are physical, as we've discussed several times, getting ready for the series. And then they, first of all, you know, put it in, on display in game one. So now uh, you know what you have, uh, and you knew what you had going into game one to begin with, but now you know even more. And so my expectation is those things. You ask if I have to pick one guy to step up. I don't anticipate uh, the Clippers holding Devin Booker under 30 tonight. I I think uh, there's a lot of points for that guy.
1: Uh, it's usually a safe bet to go with with Booker taking uh, more points than less. Uh, John Bloom joining us right now, and I think we would all welcome that tonight. And th- the other part of that equation is Kevin Durant had just the two shots in the last nine minutes of game one. He hit them both. Uh, how much of that, Bloomer, in your mind, was the Clippers denying him the ball or throwing different looks at the Suns that they weren't uh, ready for? And how much of that was just maybe the Suns didn't put enough emphasis on making sure they got KD the ball in those situations instead of just moving it around for the best shot?
4: I think they could have forced the issue a little bit more, Luke, to be honest with you. But, you know, you're talking about a a game that was uh, a one-possession game, a large part of that uh, crunch time. And, uh, you know, then the Clippers got a couple big threes, extended it to six. The Suns got back. Uh, And uh, I feel like during those stretches, though, uh, they could have forced the issue to get the ball to Kevin Durant. I'm not talking about force shots, but just make sure you put the ball in his hands because he is – that strong of a weapon. So my anticipation is they make even more of an effort in a close game to do that. And, uh, you know, I give credit to the Clippers' defense uh, for denying, and that's something that they're going to continue to try to do, deny the ball to KD. But there's ways around that, you know, back picks, different types of cuts that they can do, uh, you know, get the ball uh, into someone else's hands as a decoy and bring him around a couple screens. There's different things that they can work with. Hopefully, uh, you know, they will work with their basketball brains, which are a lot further advanced than mine, And they will have all those bags uh, or all those tricks in their bag tonight.
2: Johnny, do you believe in the Scott Foster effect? And if so, what can the Suns do about it? (laughs)
4: I mean, it's an awful lot of coincidence, isn't it, Wolf? I mean, I I don't believe that Scott Foster is, uh, you know, getting ready, putting his uniform on tonight uh, with the intent and purpose to to take out Chris Paul and and deliver another L (laughs) to CP3. Although that record certainly, like I said, is an awful lot of coincidence and and has a lot of people talking. And it's going to be a narrative probably for the rest of the time that those guys are doing their current jobs. Uh, So I I hope that it's not a factor my, uh, my expectation is that it won't be... Uh, and, uh, you know, if the Suns can go out and handle their business tonight, maybe we finally do put that to bed.
1: Talking to John Bloom, uh, sticking with that for a second, Bloomer, because that is such a narrative and because the Suns, you know, did get caught up in officiating a few weeks ago, do you think there is a conscious effort to make sure that they don't get caught up in it, whether whether the game's officiated poorly or not? Because it, it felt like at a certain point, whether it was Monty Williams getting fined or James Jones saying, we can't focus on stuff we can't control, or Kevin Durant saying that, it seems like the Suns kind of have put the officiating out of their mind for the last few weeks, and you don't want it coming back tonight.
4: No, you don't. I, I think they have done a better job of it, Luke. But I think they can continue to, uh, you know, get better at that in a couple different ways. One, the the reaction to the calls that you don't get, and sometimes when you're reacting, you're uh, you're watching the ball go down the other way, and uh, there's a fast break, and so there's kind of a double thing, whammy there because you, you missed out on the call, you're frustrated, and you're spending time arguing with the ref while the team's beating you down the floor the other direction. You can't afford to have that happen when every possession is so meaningful, like it is in the playoffs. The other element that needs to get better is just fouling in general the suns just can't foul as much uh and we've talked about it for weeks maybe months now with this basketball team and all five starters had some fouls uh, pile up on them in game one i believe they had 20 in the between the five starters can't have that uh, again tonight
2: you know johnny for me i thought game one was physical i think tonight is going to be a slugfest in a saloon i think they're going to brawl <laughs> uh, metaphorically <laughs> speaking but having said that what do you expect same thing. Uh,
4: you know, I think the Clippers are going to obviously come out and try to accomplish what they accomplished in game one, but the Suns can't allow that to happen, and, and the way that they can, uh, you know, begin is by getting off to a better start. Because right. then when you do that, now you've got that crowd behind you in that bar fight. Now it feels like you're fighting ten on five, and that's what you're going to need, uh, you know, to really handle your business uh, and then feel like you've got that confidence, in, you know, necessary to go into L.A. and uh, take one at least uh, of the next couple so that you can regain home court advantage. I think that's probably you know what this team's going to set out to do, and I have, I have faith, I have confidence they're going to come out with much more intensity, energy uh, to start, and then hopefully that lasts throughout the game. They can sustain it and come up with a big dub.
2: Johnny, I, I do believe that nationally, the perception of the Phoenix Suns is they're a finesse team, and the way you beat them is to be more physical than they are right now. Do you think that applies? I think there's
4: elements of the Suns team that that absolutely is finesse because you talk about the mid-range, you know, assassins and Chris Paul and Devin Booker and even Kevin Durant to a certain extent. DeAndre Ayton loves to shoot the jumper, uh, you know, a a lot more than he is aggressively jamming it in traffic. And, And so I think that that's why you get that label. But it's not that they can't play physically. This is a team that is certainly capable to play physically. Even their backcourt can be physical and book and Paul. So, you know, look, I think that they have it in them, uh, and they felt what the Clippers uh, were going to come forth with in that game one. That was a tough loss, no doubt about it, and you don't want to feel that again, and I think that they're going to go out there and try to show that resiliency that they've shown since Monty Williams got here, really, uh, and and this staff has implemented with this group. So many uh, you know, questions. I know that we still have so many questions about just how good this basketball team can be, but I know we're all pretty confident they can be a lot better than they were in Game
1: One, Bloomer. Great stuff as always, man. We'll be listening as always. Thanks for the time. All right, thanks,
4: John. All right, guys. All right,
1: that's okay, John buddy. joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line ahead of tonight's Game Two matchup between the Suns and the Clippers. We're only you know, about five, five out, five, five-ish hours away, five and a half hours away. Uh, all right, five-ish, five-ish. You just say uh, ish. Uh, now, did oh, I mean ish, Wainwright, or interesting? Five-ish, be hours away. Think about Ish. that. Uh, all right, score the hottest ticket in town: Suns playoff tickets. Just text "ticket" to six twenty six twenty. Register and listen for your name today. Now we already did ours uh, in the noon hour, but the five o'clock hour of Burns and Gambo is your next chance to qualify for Game Two tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers tonight. Again, that's ticket to six twenty six twenty. When we come back, did you see who's officiating the game tonight? It uh, it is who you don't want it to be. If you're a Suns fan, we'll get into that and uh, our other final thoughts heading into tonight's contest. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona. Sports, the
0: local sports leader. Arizona Sports the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Baltra Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now.
1: Final segment of the show and I do want to once again remind you that if you want even more Suns content leading into this game tonight um, I'm looking right now at the Kellen Olsen Game 2 preview on ArizonaSports.com talking about the Suns' effort to dictate the style of play. It did sort of feel like Wolf that the Clippers decided how this game was going to be played in Game One, and I will say this again: the Suns nearly won the game anyway. But it would be nice to sort of set the tone early in this one, and uh, you get to decide who takes the shots. The Clippers don't decide who's taking the shots on your team.
2: Yeah, you got to come out. I think Johnny just said it best right there too. Just the the lack of of urgency and energy that we saw I don't think we're going to see that again I really don't and it's a situation where you got to give the Clippers a little bit of credit here because they came out they're ready to go they were ready from the very very jump they were ready to go and it showed in that first quarter and I think I've been talking about it this whole time but I think that gave them an awful lot of confidence they listen they know they're up against it the Clippers know it All they have to do is look over there. That's Devin Booker, and that's Kevin Durant. Okay? This is a really, really good basketball team, the Phoenix Suns, right there. We don't have Paul George. We don't have him. They have Kevin Durant. This is going to be tough for us to win this series. To come out and win game one, and it started with winning the first quarter of that game, that's a big deal to them.
1: The confidence thing is interesting because they did the Clippers go out and win game one and and they won the first quarter of game one in particular and Kevin Durant couldn't hit a shot in the first quarter and then he took off in the second quarter and had 17 points in one quarter. I mean, do the math. That's a 68-point pace in a quarter and the Suns came back and there was a stretch there of 17 minutes and change from early in the second to about midway through the third where the Suns outscored the Clippers by 25 and then the Clippers still came back and won the game. So when you talk about confidence... I don't know who needs it more going into tonight, but I can tell you whoever loses tonight is going to really badly need it going forward. (laughs) Because, just play this out, if the Suns win tonight, it's going to kind of be like, okay, yeah, they woke up, and and they are the better team. So it goes to what you're just saying with the Clippers, like, all right, you're, you're back to desperation mode. If the Clippers win tonight... Uh, (laughs) like the Suns are gonna they're gonna need that shot of confidence because then all you're gonna hear is well you know they they haven't won a playoff game yet this year and they only won one of their last four last year and you're gonna hear that at that point Kevin Durant would have been 0-8 in his last eight playoff games which you know is a stat spread out over years and multiple teams but still it's a stat that you're gonna hear so I, I think if you just go win tonight you get to hold on to the confidence if you're the Suns. If you don't, then this gets really dicey.
2: Yeah. I, no, I'm not going to disagree with the fact that it might not get dicey. Um, you know, you like to think that even if they got down 0-2, They could come back and win this thing. And I do
1: think they could. Yeah. But I I think confidence takes a hit
2: there. Your confidence might take a hit. Yeah, you're right about that. But, you know, depending on how they lose and what happens and what transpires tonight, for me, once again, one of the the most impressive things about the Milwaukee Bucks is what they did against the Phoenix Suns. I'm sorry. I hate to bring it up. I really do. The fact that the Suns, in the NBA Finals, up 2-0. In that series, supposed to make me feel better? No, you know, I mean, make me feel worse. Stop and think about what kind of resolve and fortitude that actually took for the Bucks and the Bucks players to say, you know what? No, no, it's not over. It is not over. By I, I, I. As a former professional athlete, I look at that series and I give them so much credit for the fact that they got down 2 0. And it was, it, it looked, as we all know, oh, this is going to be over in five. Remember that? Yeah, Yeah.
1: I remember talking to people that were like oh I hope they lose one so they can come back and win it (laughs) in Phoenix and I just remember being like
2: no (laughs) how long have you lived here don't say that so you would like to think that Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and Chris Paul and company that even if they did lose this they'd get down they could say hey listen okay we're not doing A, B, and C and we need to do A, B, and C okay so let's get on top of it boys and let's go back to I could see them easily coming back. You don't have to convince me that they could come back being down 0-2. But the Clippers, man, the Clippers right now are riding high. They needed the confidence. They need that stuff that is the currency of competition, confidence. They needed it, especially because of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant being on the other side. And they don't have Paul George. Uh, I, I, I don't want to
1: see the Suns go down O two. 2 And I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. And I know nobody wants to see the Suns go down 0-2 if, if, unless you're a Clippers fan. But the difference that I would say between what the Suns would have to do and what the Bucs did, and I'm not even saying what the Bucks did was easier because it's the NBA Finals and you're presumably playing against the other best team, Right. But they at least at that point had the momentum of, okay, look what we did in the first round, the second round, the third round. This Suns team, as it's currently constructed, as much as I like them and we don't know what their upside is, that's a double-edged sword. We don't know what they are yet. And so I think it's a lot harder when you're down O two 2 and you don't totally have your identity other than a lot of talent at the top of your roster to, to rally. I, I'm with you. They could do it. But I'm not going to be all uh, optimistic. You're not going to be gone Yeah, you're if, not going to be calm. Well, I'm just telling you right now, the show tomorrow,
2: yeah. <laughs> if we come in here and they're down <laughs> you're gonna 2 it's not going to be a great scene on this side of okay, the studio. Okay, can I just tell you right now, based on what answer, they're down 0-2 right now. I'm calling out Devin Booker. I'm calling out Kevin Durant. I'm calling out Chris Paul. I'm calling out those, I'm calling out DeAndre Ayton. As a matter of fact, they get down 0-2. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I think we'd all agree. Luke, you agree as well. I think it's going to. To be 1-1. I think it'll be 1-1. Yeah. I think they they yeah. draw the line metaphorically in the sand. They come out and they're ready to go. And if you told me they hammer the Clippers, I'd believe that.
1: If you told me somebody in this game blows out the other team, I would pick the Suns. Yeah. But again, yeah. I need to see it because I remember feeling that way going into game 7 last year and then they were down by 78 in the first quarter. <laughs> So yes, I need so to see bad. it. Um, the other thing we should, we need to throw this out there one last time: Scott Foster is refing the game today. Oh, no. uh, we talked to Kevin Ray about this earlier when he joined us. You look a, a, as a player, a, you
0: know, all the narratives are out there. You know, social media has been a buzz all morning. I mean, I've been keeping an eye on it. Suns fans waking up, and then you know, you see all the different emojis when they see Scott Foster. I mean, look at the end of the day, you just got to go out and play. And you you certainly can't step on the floor as a player and think, oh, my gosh, you know, we haven't even tipped off and we're down 10 to nothing. Um, You've got to remove that from your thought process. And
1: there will be plenty of opportunities to make plays without an official's call, you know, determining the outcome of the game. And, And that's the that's the mindset that they have to take here tonight. Chris Paul two and seventeen in his career in playoff games officiated by Scott Foster, and he's on a thirteen game losing streak. Now I threw this out earlier. The Suns, yeah. the Suns did win a playoff game that Scott Foster officiated when they played the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, but Chris Paul
2: wasn't playing in that game. Yeah. he was out. But two and seventeen? Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the that popular does seem number. Incredible, um, yeah. right there. But you know what? Kevin Durant is sixteen and nine. With Scott Foster, that's Brian Windhorst real
1: told us it was it, yeah it's sixteen and nine. He yes. said he might be off by like one or something, but he said that was the number he remember seeing
2: sixteen and nine. Well, so maybe, even if he's, if he's off one, that's still better than still, two. Well, so anything is better than two. <laughs> oh, my goodness! So could KD offset this? The mojo of Chris Paul? Yes. <laughs> It's gonna be interesting Hopefully.
1: to see the scene tonight because you know everybody's going into that arena tonight. Even if you know in your mind, oh that's silly and it's stupid and I shouldn't be caught up in that. Everybody is thinking about it. And and maybe you're not it's not the first thought in your mind, but if a couple bad calls go against the Suns, can you imagine if they go against Chris Paul in like the second quarter, everybody's <laughs> gonna lose their minds and the, and the key is can the players on the court make sure they don't lose their
2: minds with everybody else in the building losing their minds? This is where you got to be tough right here. Don't say mentally tough, Basinonians. Don't say that because that's redundant. Just say tough because that's where toughness comes from. Your soul. Walk through it, dudes. Walk through it.
1: Is that you? You're done? Yeah, you I, just lean back like you're done with the show.
2: Well, you know, I'm going to leave you like 20 okay.
1: seconds. Well, to how many people wrap do you think up, I driver? have to, here? I'll thank everybody that's ever been involved in the show. Let's see. Well, thanks to John Bloom, <laughs> Brian Windhorst, Kevin Ray for joining us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, uh, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gabo next right here in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.